Hello and welcome to the Nordea Thematics team. I am very happy to be here. I'm Johan Trukmeer and with me I have Victor Sonnebeck and uh, Tia Kuren to have another interesting podcast talk. Hi Victor and Tia. Hello. Hi Johan and uh, good to be back with another podcast. Indeed. And for once, this is not about an idea on your mind report like we usually talk about in these podcasts, but Today, the topic is actually our annual survey-based treasury study. It's that time of the year again. We've done another one of these survey-based studies. Uh, We've done them since 2015, looking at a new angle for what to ask Nordic large corporate treasuries about every time. And it's nice to be able to vary and and to also look back at things we have asked about earlier from time to time. I think it's quite simple to state that that we're probably not going to receive a prize for our imagination here with the, the topic that we've chosen for this survey since it's it's uh, of course the the covid pandemic and i think you can, can put it like this that it's obviously just too big to ignore so, so once again uh, a covid themed podcast episode and a covid themed uh, report or survey but uh, with a with a different focus and, and again of course kind of inevitable not to bring this up in the context of also the treasury survey Uh, But interestingly, to add to this overall COVID theme, we have returned to some themes we have had in earlier Treasury studies to be able to compare the development from questions we've asked before and see how things have evolved over time. And and this time, particularly around the automation of Treasury's own work and also the Treasury management system, very, very important tool in in their work in in, in carrying out their mission. And given the nature of of the pandemic and and the changing ways in in, in our way of working, obviously Digitalization uh, is a big topic as well, and how it has affected treasuries uh, with regards to how they work themselves regarding digitalization, but also with the increased focus on digitalization uh, going forward. So, so uh, a lot of that in the, in the survey as well. But I guess uh, we could start off with changed ways of working. And just for for the, the curious listeners, we wrote a report, a Noim report, titled "Office Space," uh, quite recently, discussing this changed way of working and and the kind of the need for office space for. for corporates. So so I think that's a natural place to start. If we talk a bit about the ways of working with the treasuries this year, we have before the pandemic about 80% worked actually less than one day per week remotely, which is no surprise. And at the time when we collected our data during September, I believe the majority still at about 80% actually then worked one to three days remotely per week. So it's quite a substantial shift there. And then we've also looked about how we will be working going forward. And we actually see that we're sort of heading back to working more days from the office than we maybe would have thought a couple of months ago. It's not going to be the same levels as before the pandemic as going forward, but most of us now anticipate working about one to two days remotely now. So it's fascinating to have seen such a big increase in how much remote work people working in treasuries have done as well. But I was thinking, has there been a need to add new tools to be able to work in this way if there was so little work remotely before the pandemic. There has indeed been a need for that. And while almost half actually needed to implement and enable the use of digital signing, And we also see that quite many had to implement practical IT tools, such as laptops or hardware for home use, video conferencing setup, and getting remote network access. And something very interesting that we actually picked up was that only 9% of treasuries had to do something about their cybersecurity applications, which kind of makes us think, was this already satisfactory or does it still need to be fixed? An interesting one to watch looking ahead, I think. Let's hope 
hope that it is the former, and time will tell. But obviously people working in treasuries, pretty much like us, care a lot about numbers and measuring things and, and, and being responsible for the finances of large corporates. They, they should. It's very natural and good that they do. But, but a, a big question is, of course, given how dramatic the pandemic has been, how has it impacted financial performance and the financial policies that treasuries have been working on uh, implementing? And of course, uh, I mean, treasuries haven't only needed to change the ways uh, the ways in which they work. Uh, but as you mentioned, you want this this pandemic has been of a magnitude that it of course affects the the financials, uh, to put it simply. And when asking treasury departments regarding regarding how they have reacted to the pandemic and how they have worked proactively with regards to keeping the the financial health of the company, as you mentioned, at a high priority. Uh, we see that a lot of companies at an early stage in the pandemic uh, worked to, to raise more liquidity. So kind of building up a, a war chest, if you will, to be able to withstand the likely, at the time, probable fallouts uh, from, the, from the pandemic. We see 20% of companies uh, answering that they've, they've uh, worked to secure more funding. 6%, for example, have, have looked at issuing new equity. And we also see a, a large shift in uh, dividends and the other uh, expenditures by the company, such as CapEx, for example. So one quarter of all companies actually cut or postponed their dividends, actually delayed or, or even removed uh, large, uh, large planned uh, CapEx. We see very few companies having breached their debt covenants, which is, of course, quite uh, quite interesting. And I think one key takeaway could be this proactive work in at an early stage in the beginning of the, of the pandemic, working to secure liquidity and working to secure the financial health of the company, making sure that you're resilient, to put it simply, uh, to, to what could have uh, could have come. And with regards to financial policies themselves, we, we see very little change. So quite few companies have actually needed or have actually changed their policies. And if they have, it's, it's been more about liquidity targets rather than, than something else. So, so quite a lot of resilience, you could say. Which I guess is a very good thing. But also one important aspect for the work of large corporate treasuries is the, the digitalization that happens within the company's businesses and how that might affect the work in the treasury. And last year's treasury study we called Treasury 2025, and that one was to a very great degree devoted to whatever role treasury might be able to play in how companies will digitalize their business models. And an interesting question, of course, is, okay, given that the pandemic has been so dramatic and had such a big impact and, and taken up a lot of Treasury's attention, how has it affected companies' efforts to digitalize their business models? Well, we see that the pandemic has indeed speeded up the digitalization of the businesses. Over 60% have accelerated their digitalization, whereas only 5% think that the pandemic slowed down or halted as a result. So there isn't really a surprise to this digital acceleration. I mean, if we look back, a lot of us started getting our groceries online. We stopped going to concerts and cinemas. We instead enjoyed these experiences from our own homes. So it is clear that the pandemic really boosted this digitalization that we're seeing. And one theme we have picked up in several earlier Treasury survey studies we have conducted has been that the treasuries very much seem to want to be a partner to the business of the company and an advisor to the business of the company. But we have seen again in this year's treasury study that they are in a way struggling to achieve that status and we see that only one in four treasuries 
seem to become regularly involved in the digitalization of the business. I guess that begs the question that you want. What should they do in order to be be more involved? Because, I mean, if we now are talking about digitalization with, with consumers, customers, and digital payment, and everything that includes, it feels natural that the Treasury should have a place at the table, right? But as you mentioned, it, it's not obviously the case. I can only agree. And, and there are a lot of areas in which Treasury has great useful knowledge which is relevant for when you digitalize your business in the company. And we asked the Treasuries about what they do to to work on their visibility within the organization so that other people in the company are aware that they exist and what they do and how they could help. And and it's kind of telling looking at the answers that they've given us that Two-thirds of the treasuries, of the 200 or so Nordic treasuries we asked, say that they only promote themselves informally, which is, to varying degrees, talking to colleagues spontaneously at the coffee machine or the water cooler. And and worryingly, 16% of these treasuries, which is not a huge number, but nonetheless means that it's 32 or 33 companies out of 200, there the treasury department doesn't promote itself in any way whatsoever but basically stays in its room doing its work probably very well, but without the rest of the company knowing that they are there. So, so 16% of treasuries answer that they don't even have any, any chit-chat by the coffee machine or ad hook Nothing. type of, of networking within the company. Nothing whatsoever. I, I guess that's quite striking and quite interesting when we look at one of the other results in our survey, which looks at when is treasury involved in digitalization of businesses. And 65% of treasuries they answered that they are involved in the digitalization of business when their competences are needed. And of course, that, that's great. It should hopefully be higher than that. But what is striking there is that if you don't show yourself or, or network or, or make, make the business aware of your, your existence or, or what you do, then it might be pretty hard for the business to know when treasury should be involved. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be particularly sophisticated or advanced things. It can be as easy as having a section on the company's intranet showing that you are there or you can get a slot to actually present yourself at the corporate kickoff or any simple convenient ways of putting down your flag, so to speak. And then our... 2018 survey, we also asked about the treasury management systems and what treasuries are using. And we've asked again this year. And uh, Victor, what has happened since uh, three years ago? So, so just putting it briefly, uh, there has been a lot of change over these years with some systems gaining rapidly in, in popularity, such as treasury systems formerly known as CRM. But we also have some losers which have lost ground, such as Twin, for example, uh, in, in favor of other systems. And I guess you could, you could simply say that a lot of treasuries have seen a change in their system, having, having switched out their treasury management system for something different in order to, uh, I hope, <laughs> improve the functionality and, and improve the efficiency of, uh, of their work. But still, with many treasuries having changed their systems, we think that there should be uh, some some future work to be done. Uh, because, of course, everything can't simply be, be perfect as it is right now. So there's been a lot of drama in the area of treasury management systems, but will it then be more peaceful going forward from here? And this is where it gets quite interesting, because a lot of responders, 55, uh, 57%, they say that their treasury management system is actually future-proof. So it's either future-proof, perfect as it is, or it requires only minor updates. And the same figure in, in, in 2018 was uh, around 49%. So, so there has been an increase here with, I guess, corporates who have switched out their systems uh, are experiencing uh, a better functionality and, and a belief that the, that the systems are, are indeed future-proof. But at the same time, we see a lot of respondents answering that they will need to replace 
uh, the treasury management systems, or that they need to do some major upgrades. And in fact, uh, one interesting contrast to this, with quite a few companies, as I mentioned, saying that the, the, the systems are future-proof. In another question where we ask about what is the largest uh, kind of challenge or, or hindrance in terms of automation and, and making efficiency gains uh, in your treasury departments, a vast majority actually answers that their treasury management systems or what is keeping them from automating. So a lot of them say that, that it's future-proof, but at the same time, it's one of the biggest challenges with regards to automation. And I guess this ties into to, to the overall digitalization of, of, of business. Uh, naturally, uh, of course, the automation of treasury uh, is, is one po- important aspect uh, of this. Indeed. And then with companies working, as we heard uh, just before, even harder after the pandemic and, and maybe even during the pandemic to digitalize the business models in the company. What about the automation of the treasury itself or the work that's done there? Well, in the first wave of COVID, some treasuries had difficulty prioritizing automation and digitalization. But then we've seen in the last past 18 months that they've actually been doing more than before the pandemic. And it seems that the biggest challenges when trying to automate are the treasury's competencies and the complexity, as a lot of treasury processes are very complex. It's also the TMS functionality, as you mentioned, Victor, and also IT development resources. But then if we're looking at what has been the small obstacles when talking about automation, it's actually the customers, the banks, and management. Uh, which have not been standing in the way for automation. Considering this this landscape and considering what has been done with regards to changing TMS systems or, or increasing automation in, in the treasury, what will the future treasury look like? Well, for the first time since we started doing these uh, treasury surveys back in 2015, this is actually the first time that we see treasury's headcount are expected to rise slightly until 2025. So that is super interesting. And looking at what Treasury does, when we ask them about which areas they spend most time on, the top three areas are cash management, liquidity and funding. And I guess none of us fall off our chair in surprise when hearing that, because that's very much the inner core of a treasury. That's certainly what they should be focusing on. And these areas all need to work in order for the company to stay alive and healthy. Seems quite natural for a treasury department. We would have been kind of worried if these were not among those in the very top. But at the same time, what they want to spend most time on is advising the business, advising the management of the company, and automating their own work in the treasury. But most interesting, uh, and I think personally the most exciting part of our entire survey-based study this year, is when we tweaked things and looked at a comparison, evaluating the difference between what they want to spend time on and they and what they actually do spend time on. I just want to mention here, Johan, that, that from our survey last year, uh, we asked the participants uh, what competences they, they think would be the most needed in Treasury. Uh, and this is extra interesting right now because, as, as Tia mentioned, we see headcount perhaps for a lot of treasuries actually increasing. And and what we see so far, there are some indications that treasuries are actually focusing on automation and data and analysis and those types of, of uh, expertise in contrast to what they've been doing earlier, which has been competences more perhaps at the core of the treasury. So as you mentioned, liquidity uh, amongst other things. But with, uh, with the, the difference in, in focus for what the treasuries are doing and what they want to do, uh, has this shifted? from from when we asked a similar question in 2018? An analyst's answer to that question, yes and no. Uh, Perfect answer in in any situation. So we cover all our bases. Uh, Now, what I mean with that is that 
treasuries do want to spend a lot less time on admin and compliance. And I guess that's not a huge shock to hear. I mean, that's pretty natural for them to have that view. But interestingly, we see that from the top and working our way down in which areas that you want to spend less time on, the number three and four on that list are actually cash management and FX. And, and those are areas which are extremely core to the treasury. It's, it's things that they have to be on top of, that they have to execute, but they don't want to spend a lot of, of working hours on, on doing it. So they, they, looking at the other end, they want to spend much more time than they are doing today on their own automation, automating treasury's own work, but also they want to spend a lot more time on ESG. And, and that's interesting because when we asked about the various KPIs that treasuries have for their own work back in 2019, I think 4% of the large corporate Nordic treasuries had some sort of KPI for ESG for the treasury itself. So already back then it was crucial for the company, but it hadn't really filtered into the treasury itself. But now the treasuries are saying that the second thing they most want to spend more time on than what they do today is actually ESG. And, and the third one from the top in where there is an imbalance, where they want to spend more time than they do, is to advise the business. Again, the same theme. They want to be a close partner to the business. So we're talking about more kind of uh, tasks of an analytical nature and more in terms of strategic advice. Exactly like that. And what would it take for Treasury to uh, to end up in that situation? The $10,000 question, Tia, and I think it, it, it's a pretty straightforward answer, right? It, it, it's one word uh, that can sum, sum up what they need to do, and that word would be automation. And, and I'm guessing, with, with uh, as you just described, Johan, com- uh, Treasury departments are, are stating that they would like to spend much more time on automation that, than they currently do. But also the nature of automation is that once you've done it, it's done, right? It's automated. So if we remove that from the equation, in, in a perfect world where everything has been automated, then of course that would unlock a lot of time and a lot of potential for the Treasury to either keep improving and internal work streams, but also being able to better provide analysis, better provide the, the, the advice that they would like to do, uh, and, and better focus on, on ESG factors, as, as we see ga- are, are gaining in, in popularity. And just to, to kind of stick it in there as well, we want to help, of course, our clients. And, and just one example of, of capabilities uh, that we have here in uh, Nordea uh, is something called the autoethics. Because the treasuries, evidently, in our survey, would like to focus less on, on these types of, of questions. And perhaps most of all, what they would like to focus less on is the actual you know, day-to-day mundane tasks at many times with regards to, for example, ethics. So so for the curious listener or the curious reader of, of uh, our uh, article regarding this, we would just suggest that you reach out to our markets team uh, with regards to this auto-ethics solution that I think a lot of you have probably heard something about. This has been fun, as always. A particularly exciting treasury study this year, I think, given how big changes have been affecting uh, the businesses and treasuries of the large companies. We will, of course, continue with our mission to produce Nordioni Mind Reports. We have a new one coming up uh, on the 23rd of November, and this next one will have the title The Ideal Owners, which I think is pretty cool. I hope that's a tempting title, time will tell. What we will do in this report is to try and investigate if there seem to be differences in how companies perform depending on what kind of owners they have if there is a big owner or if it's widely owned and what kind of owner that big owner might be. So look out for that coming up. We would, of course, have a podcast talk on this topic as well. And in the meantime, thank you all for joining us and listening and see you next time. (music) 